0: Hey everybody, how are you doing? Welcome to another segment of my Christian walk. It's a Friday morning. Hold on, I gotta shut off this fly trapper. I got this electronic fly trapper. It's like the electric chair for flies. And uh, I love it, but it makes this annoying, like, zzz sound. And I just, it kind of irks me a little bit. Anyways, uh, today, everybody, I thought I would do, first of all, have a great weekend. And I'm going to speak a little bit about... Um, evil today. Evil, and what is evil? And I'm going to look at, since I'm in Genesis in the Old Testament, I'm going to look at the flood, the account of the flood, because I had covered it previously, and the flood has always perplexed me, because I find it, or found it, impossible to believe that unlike an evolutionistic view or or a Darwinistic view, that we all came from randomness. You know, we're all just randomly combusted, combusted into combusted into this sophisticated human being organism that we are, that we evolved from nothing, you know, just, just chance and randomness and, you know, through time and morphological changes, we just became humans. Yeah. Uh, does that sound preposterous? So when I uh, talk about the flood, if you're listening to this and you're like kind of vibing on it, but then you're saying, well, that just sounds so far-fetched. Let me ask you a question. Do you really believe it's as far-fetched as the scientific comedy explanation, comedic explanation of us evolving from nothing? Where scientists and all their pompous arrogance can't even explain and replicate the beginnings of life from a scientific explanation? See, that to me is more comedic and more unlikely. So let me get down to it. In Genesis, God is not happy with his creation. God is not happy. As a matter of fact, he's pretty pissed off. And we're going to start in chapter 6. So what I'm going to do, y'all, is I'm going to stop this, and then I'm going to commentate on it, comment on it, and then I'm going to go back to reading scripture, okay? So here we go. Chapter 6, the flood. This is when Noah and God have this coming of minds. A moment where God is imparting to Noah his wishes about mankind and bringing a great disastrous flood. Okay, here we go. Chapter 6. When men began to increase in number. Now this is after the fall, everybody. After the exit of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, from um, paradise. And now they've entered into a, a life of mortality and sin. And here is what Genesis says. When men began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be a 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterwards when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children by them, They were the heroes of old men of renown. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every, not some, every inclination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created From the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now we got to break this down, yo. So number one, a couple thoughts. And I'm not going to say how literal that this book should be taken because therein lies the great argument over the validity of the Bible. I have a brother who makes such an ignorant statement. Well, it's all made up. Oh, how convenient. It's all made up. It's all made up. You know, you can go to certain books of the Bible and the detail, the devil's in the details, it is so detailed. And it's almost like a census report in some passages in the Bible. And I just think, you know, there's one thing I detest, and that is an uneducated, AKA ignorant statement, because I can say anything ignorantly that I want, but wouldn't it be a little bit more uh, credible to, if you're going to say something is all made up, then how about follow that up with a little bit of explanation? Do we really believe the whole content of the Bible is made up? Do we really believe that the flood account is made up? Now maybe it's allegorical. Maybe it's a fable. I don't know. But there are kernels of interesting content in here that I think speak. And this is consistent throughout the Bible. You know, if you look at the Bible, there are a lot of consistencies that point to, for example, the explanation of God's nature going from the beginning of Genesis to Revelation. So as I read that, we see and hear a couple of things. Number one, God talks about that he was grieved, and not some inclination, but at this particular time, every inclination of the thoughts of men's hearts were only evil. Now, they, they don't go into detail in Genesis and describe what exactly is evil. Now, they talk about man men wanting to marry the daughters of men. Now, is that evil? So here's what I surmise, that there were evil acts perpetrated by man at this time that God found so grievous that he wants to wipe man out. Now, if God is God, and I believe he is, is God really going to overreact? Is God really going to bring a flood about because of some minor hookups with men marrying women? I doubt it. All I can surmise is that there must have been such gross acts of evil that God decided he had not made a mistake because God doesn't make mistakes. But since God created everything, isn't it within God's right to then destroy what he created? If I'm creating a painting, I like to paint, and I mess up on a painting and I decide I wanna cover it in white and start all over again, can't I do that as the creator? Well, that's the same power that God has. So anybody that that presents an argument against God, like my cousin, who I've now blocked, because I just can't, I'll probably unblock him later I, I just can't put up with his blasphemous comments, and, and that's a whole nother story, I, I spoke about it in a previous segment, you know. Um, Can't God change His mind? And the simple answer is of course He can. Can God decide to end the world? Yes. Science did not create the world, y'all. God created it. So let's go on. So God is grieved. It says He's in pain. His heart was filled with pain. And that He was going to wipe all mankind off. Creatures, animals, birds of the air. But He found favor with Noah. So there is a redemption about to occur because one of his creations, Noah, God found favor with. So let's go on. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, And was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The arc is to be 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Make a roof for it and finish the arc to within 18 inches of the top. Put a door in the side of the arc and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life. Under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it, everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, and your sons, and your wife, and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you, two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal. And of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Now, here is where I have simply rejected this biblical book. Or not the book, but this portion of Genesis. Now, I'm not going to ever sugarcoat anything. I'm going to be extremely, because that's why I do this podcast, y'all, to share my faith. And if it builds anybody up or causes anybody to seek Jesus or to look at an alternative of uh, explanation of why the earth is how the earth is, that is why I do this. So, do you really believe that God told Noah to build an ark and that in all that was surrounding Noah, he was to fill it with every little living thing from mankind. Well, here's what I'm going to say. This is my explanation, how it's changed me. It is, it is feasible that Noah and God were in communication and that Noah built this huge boat, tri-levels, And that Noah filled it with what was geographically available to him to fill in the living creatures that God told him to fill the ark with. Now, if we look at just that as a a plausible occurrence, then isn't it possible, I'm borrowing a little bit from science here, isn't it possible that with the finite amount of living creatures that were put into a safe haven arc, that after they were stored there and after the flood and these organisms species were released back onto the earth, that through science, science, and mutations and morphological changes, that more, more quantity-wise, living creatures resulted in populating the earth? And I'm going to say, yeah, of course, it is possible. Just like it's possible, and this has been alluded to scientifically by scientists, you can look it up, isn't it possible that we all emanated from those inhabitants of the ark? As crazy as that sounds, just remember what I said about four minutes ago. Isn't that a little more plausible than a scientific explanation of the Big Bang Theory and the failure of the scientific community to replicate life, if scientific if science says natural forces created life, not God, and they've not been able to replicate that, and they've not been able to explain how a sophisticated human being could evolve without even being able to explain the components and the causation of the creation of a simple unicellular cell, sounds almost redundant, a single cell, then why in the hell is it not possible that if you do some scientific analysis, you see that through repopulation, even from six people, that you can quickly quickly develop into a large, extremely large world population. And that is what is being stated here. Now, let's go on. The Lord then said to Noah, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and two of every kind of unclean animal, male and its mate, and also seven of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights and i will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature i have made and noah did all that the lord commanded him noah was 600 years old when the flood waters came on the earth and noah and his sons and his wife and his sons wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood pairs of clean and unclean animals and birds and of all creature of birds and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the Ark as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days the floodwaters came on the earth. Now it's funny, but also uh, it lends itself to being truthful that something as simple a specification that male and female and notice when it's mentioned clean and unclean there is some through line of consistency that is always mentioned in the Bible at various times having to do with the concept of sacrifice the concept of atonement and this ties directly to Jesus Christ You see, when you talk about Jesus Christ and you talk about the atonement of his acts on the cross for the sin of mankind, there is no way you can ignore the fact that Jesus was perfect, that Jesus was without sin, that he was the perfect lamb sacrifice because what he was sacrificed for was magnitude wise so huge that it had to be that way. So when people talk about God's nature, they need to remember that God, and this is sobering, this is sobering for me because I believe that when we die, we are accountable by an all-righteous, all-knowing, all-powerful God who will look at our lives and he will assess and judge us. Now, my hope, my hope, is that with the years I have left on this earth that I can demonstrate a changed heart, a better conduct, a humble, emotional, spiritual self, and that any mistakes that I have made in the past that I have acknowledged and repented of doesn't mean I'm perfect are forgiven because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. But make no mistake, as I'm reading Noah, Noah's behavior and the book of Genesis about the flood, there is a distinct nature, quality of God that has to do with judgment and righteousness. And it's fair and it's absolutely just. God is absolutely just in bringing about a flood. The earth, and there, there are not a lot of details about what examples of evil were committed by man that caused God to be this angry. Let's go on for 40 days. A flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth. The ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose... And covered the mountains to a depth of more than 20 feet. Every living thing that moved on the earth perished, birds, livestock, and animals. All the creatures that swarm over the earth and all mankind. Everything on that dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living creature on the face of the earth wiped out men and animals. And the creatures that move along the ground and the birds of the air were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left. And those with them in the ark. Okay. So as I close out this, there's a couple of real hard lessons to take from this. Notice there's not a mention of children. Now I got to believe that children were inhabiting the earth. And I have to believe that there was only X number of people in the ark that children died. That's a hard thing to imagine. Terribly hard to imagine. But if God is God, and I believe he is, then we have to look past this mortal life. If we just look at this existence and we say, well, geez, God killed those kids. What a sadistic God. How could you believe in a God that would do that? Here's my question. Well, what if there is more to life than this existence? And what if, to no fault of their own, these children had parents who were evil and corrupt, wouldn't God take care of them? Wouldn't God not hold them? Yes, life is finite. Life is mortal. But we have another life afterwards that is eternal. Eternal. Look it up. Eternal. Forever. Then wouldn't God do the right thing for those kids? Wouldn't God put those kids not in a place of torment like hell, but rather a place of... Uh, Paradise, or a, forgive the simplistic term, a happy place, because he didn't do anything. And that is how I think God is. God is the perfect judge. And God judged at this time that man was so wicked that he would wipe the earth of them and any living creature and everybody would perish except for the inhabitants of the ark. All right, there you go. Think about it, read it, Have a great Friday, y'all. Peace.